The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this evening's program on Father's Day night, of all things. We are doing something special this in the month of June, and that is talking to pastors and sons who have become pastors. And I welcome to the mic this evening... Um, a father and his son, and there's something special because this father and son, the son has just graduated from the seminary and is ready to accept his first assignment uh, and call. Uh, so, Bill Tucker, welcome to the mic. It's good to be with you, dude. Thank you. And your son, Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks very much. I actually just submitted my letter of acceptance, so <laughs> I'm officially in, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, Bill, I'd like to ask you, what in the world was it that brought you into ministry so many years ago? You know, David, there's a long story that goes with that that uh, we don't have time for. But essentially, when I was uh, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to be maybe a, a physician or something like that, and I felt a very, uh, very powerful, very clear sense that God was calling me into the ministry instead. And that was it then. That was the inner call, um, and then the external call came later from the seminary. Jeff, you are the son of a pastor of a very large church, and it's probably in your ministry you'll never come to a church that size other than to see your dad. What brought you into ministry, Jeff? I think pretty early on in my life I felt called to... Uh, ministry in some capacity. I, I don't know if that was always pastoral. Um, and then I, I would say my life since then has been me trying to actively resist it until uh, until it got to a point where I just felt like I was um, almost being negligent. And I, I just believed that um, God had put that passion for ministry on my heart. And I just stopped saying no is really how I got to here. Bill, you have been in probably many different settings. Uh, tell me about the settings and how all they that relates to to where you are now at Concordia. Well, there have been lots of different ministries. We we our first call from the seminary was to a very very small congregation at the southern boundary of the Northern Illinois district, a town called Marseilles, and a congregation called Trinity. While we were there, we actually planted a mission congregation about 30 miles to the west in a in a, a, a joint conjoined town called La Salle, Peru. Um, and then sometime later, because we had made a commitment that we would not accept any call to that congregation alone, which was kind of a crazy thing to to agree to at the time, but we were young and foolish, and so we did. Uh, we we then took a call to St. Paul in Mount Prospect, and we served there. Uh, for a little over 12 years until we came here to Concordia. So you've been in Concordia how many years now? You know, in November it'll be 20 years. 
Wow. Um, very seldom do you get those long, enduring calls anymore. Guys come and go after five or six years seems to be uh, the, uh, the the rule. Jeff, you just graduated from the seminary, and um, that's a big step to step into a church somewhere. Where is the congregation that you will be going to serve in ministry? Uh, I was called to Christ Church Lutheran in Phoenix, Arizona, and I had the, the good fortune of doing my uh, vicarage year at Christ Church with uh, Pastor Shrink. So in a sense, it's it's coming back home. This is where my wife has been for the last year while I've been finishing up school. So I'm excited to be back. That is a moving congregation. It's probably one of the few that does things that out of the box. <laughs> you know, That's true. Yeah. Not just once in a while, but all the time. Uh, but, but that's great, you know. Uh, that's what ministry is all about. That's oftentimes what ha- what helps to draw some of the people who are on the fringes. Do you know what you, your responsibility will be, Jeff, as you go into ministry there? Uh, well, it's as you said, we kind of do things out of the box. So I don't know that I have a, a specific role nailed down. I'm an associate, but I, I imagine... Uh, my passions are kind of for uh, working with marginalized people groups and uh, helping people kind of attain uh, basic necessities and, and connect them to uh, communities that can just help them with daily needs. So I imagine I'll be doing a lot of that and then uh, preaching, teaching. But uh, in terms of specifics, sometimes with Christ Church Lutheran and, and Pastor Shrink, you don't know what you're doing until a couple hours before. So uh, as for right now, I'm just excited to get started. I'm going to give you a comment that I want both of you to comment on. I'll begin with uh, Pastor Bill. Give me a time and situation that something that started out difficult or going in the wrong direction righted itself and became right for you in ministry. Pastor Bill? Uh, that sounds like the pattern for most of the adventures in ministry that I've had. Um, but the one that's most, most currently on my mind right now, David, is, is COVID-19. Uh, it was a tremendous struggle for everyone. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And yet, with God's blessing and the, the hard work of a team here with our church, school, child care, tiny tots, the entire uh, faculty and staff, uh, we've been very blessed. And while we've still got lots of challenges to overcome, and as we head into this this next season with inflation and everything else, I think it will be challenging. But I will tell you that it, it's, it's becoming easier and easier to see many blessings that have come out of the challenges. And just one, to name an example, because, because parents couldn't walk their children into school, uh, the, the, the staff of the church we're greeting all of the families as they arrived and helping the kids out of the cars and getting them into the school. And as a result, our whole church staff became very, very well acquainted with the kids and with the, the families in a way that we, we weren't before. We knew them. There was acquaintance. There was family. Many of them are church members. But it created a, a connectedness that is a tremendous blessing. Well, that's really a neat story. Um, Jeff, you have not had an awful lot of opportunity in ministry, yet you were uh, in vicarage. 
explain a little bit about what vicarage is. And was there something during those vicarage years that uh, that looked ugly and it looked like clouds were forming, and all of a sudden the Lord turned it into something good? Sure. So the the first part of that question, vicarage is really uh, an internship and a chance to get your feet wet and to uh, try a number of different things and to fail often and to figure out kind of where your passions lie in pastoral ministry and honestly to see if it's a good fit because I think a lot of guys go in and uh, some don't always make it through the vicarage or, or they get done with vicarage and, and they find out that pastoral ministry is not the right calling. But to uh, to go to the next part of that question, we started a, a food pantry in probably September when I first started, and that was kind of an initiative that I was passionate about, helping people with food insecurity and when COVID happened, you know, uh, what, what would that be? Probably like four months later, five months later, everything shut down. Uh, everything on campus shut down. We, we could really only do Zoom calls and, and uh, some kind of social distance visitation. Uh, but the one thing that kept going because it was considered essential was the food pantry. Now, that grew from when we first started, we were serving 30 families. And when COVID happened, we didn't know if we'd be able to keep serving those families to in the during the pandemic, we were serving, you know, a couple hundred families each week. Uh, so it, it grew kind of exponentially to help meet a need in the community. And that enabled us to kind of uh, be in contact and build relationships with families that would never have set foot on our campus, but were kind of driven to our campus because we were able to meet an essential need in that moment. Give me a heartfelt moment in ministry, uh, Bill, Pastor Bill, that you can never forget. Something happened somewhere that was a heartfelt moment, and uh, it's something that, as we older pastors consider, can never forget. My goodness, David, there are so many. You know, I'm a, I'm a kind of an emotional guy anyway and can get easily choked up at any number of things. Uh, so the, the privilege of baptizing my kids, those are tremendous heartfelt moments. You know, I think of uh, uh, the marriage of my children. My goodness, what an amazing blessing. And that's just thinking from the context of family and Father's Day and all of that. Uh, those kind of moments happen all the time. Because you really are invited into the most tender, the most uh, fragile moments of people's lives, the most precious moments of people's lives. And, and when you have connection with them, when, when you love them and care about them, it's hard not to be touched by it and, and hard not to sort of form a memory that lingers. One of the things that I always noticed in ministry uh, over my many years was what happened at weddings um, when the vows were made and the bride and the groom were looking at each other, that we as pastors could almost tell how successful that marriage was going to be by the words that were spoken then. Isn't that true, Bill? Well, I don't, I don't know about predicting the success of the marriage, but I will tell you that those moments are very, very special. You get to be standing right there in close proximity, and you, you not only hear the words, you see... Uh, the love. You see the connectedness. I will tell you, David, that the, the image 
as all three of my kids were speaking their vows to our beloved uh, uh, daughters and son, um, the, 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 the picture of their faces is indelible. Yep. Uh, each one of them. The picture on their face is indelible. I like that phrase. That's, that says an awful lot. Um, you've had some wonderful, joyful experiences, uh, something, something that doesn't go away. Jeff, have you had any yet uh, in your vicarage years, just um, an experience that just is indelible in your mind that never goes away? Uh, yeah, I mean, there were there were plenty of really uh, kind of eye-opening moments. I would say for me, because we, we have some level of... Uh, tragedy in our family. I, I was able to lead a, a step group, which is part of Celebrate Recovery, and it's it's really kind of walking guys through uh, the different steps of recovery from any variety of addiction. And I, I, I guess I would just say it's not one specific moment, but watching kind of those men and myself open up and uh, build real relationship and to walk with them. And, you know, the story doesn't always have the cleanest or, or happiest ending, but to see kind of uh, them starting a new chapter of their life and having hope and kind of um, kind of turning their lives around in, in a lot of ways. And for me to be able to heal from some things from my past along with them, it, it was just a rare opportunity where I felt uh, men my age and older could kind of gather around and, and talk honestly and openly and, and find healing that it can be hard to find in the real world. Well, I know you, Pastor Bill, have experienced probably a hundred or a thousand different situations that are indelibly imprinted. But does anyone kind of rise above the other as it relates to ministry and the proclamation of the word? You know, I think of I think of um, family situations where a, a spouse would come in and talk with me about their their husband or their wife who was not a believer and uh, encouraging them and committing to pray with them and agree in prayer for God to touch their hearts and and then some years later in fact in in the case of one lady in our very first call uh, she prayed and prayed and prayed for years and uh, finally one day her husband walked in and I, I honestly had no idea what was going on or why he was there until after the service. He said, Pastor, I, I want to talk to you about being baptized. And uh, that dear lady was standing just behind him. And the tears were flowing and she was just, uh, she was just overjoyed. I, I think these are the things that Jeff is going to experience in the course of his ministry too. Things that just take you by surprise and you have to say, it wasn't man, it was the Holy Spirit working in a special way in that particular person's life. Um, I've had so many of those that um, I can reminisce on those as I fall asleep at night or as I wake up in my devo devotions in the morning. Um, I would like to ask a question about, um, from especially from, from Pastor Bill, you've been in many different congregational settings and um, there have been times that you probably said or didn't say but thought, oh, maybe I should just walk away from this, but you didn't. But you didn't. There are probably young men 
in ministry, maybe middle-aged men in ministry, Pastor Bill, who are considering that because of the difficulty. Give them some hope. Give them some some joy uh, that you've experienced in going through difficult times. Well, the first thing that I would say is God is faithful, and uh, we need to we need to make sure that we're spiritually healthy and spiritually strong, and that we're leaning into His amazing gift of grace. But the other thing I would say, David, is uh, ministry isn't the only way to serve. Pastoral ministry is not the only way to serve God, and so. There are times when, when it's appropriate. There are times when God calls men who are serving in pastoral ministry to do other things. And rather than sort of putting a box around uh, those folks who might be struggling, I would say to them, take to the Lord in prayer. Uh, gather with your, your trusted, most trusted advisors who will tell you the truth about things. And then make a decision because there's nothing worse than feeling trapped in ministry. That's not, the, that's not the reason to serve. Uh, being free to live in God's grace and know that, that your identity before God doesn't depend on, on your vocation. Your identity before God, your, your first and most important vocation, is a child of God who loves you completely and freely because of grace. Because I think there's a tremendous power and a tremendous joy in realizing I don't have to be a pastor I choose to be a pastor because it's it fits with gifts and passions that I have that are that are my gift back to God as a as a redeemed sinner. Jeff, when you look at your dad and your mom and your siblings, what one thing as you go back in life uh, did your dad say that you can never forget? <laughs> wow. Probably have to be careful. Things come to mind, right? Uh, You know, I just remember uh, my dad saying, uh, "Don't cut corners." A lot growing up, Uh, do things the right way. Like, uh, if you're going to do something, do it well, and uh, don't don't uh, shorten the process. Like, do it to its full capacity. And so, I I would say, don't cut corners. Like, if you're going to do a job, really give it your best effort and, and do it with integrity and uh, have follow up and, and follow through. So that that's what comes to mind immediately. I, I can remember him saying that at home. I can remember him saying that in church meetings when I interned at the church. So that's that's kind of the first one that comes into mind, probably on a daily basis. Don't don't cook corners. Pastor Bill, you're about ready to send your son into ministry. What thing could you say to him on this recording that others may hear that will be a blessing for him and them as well? Mm. Well, I mean, the thing that I tell him all the time is that I love him, Uh, that he is a wonderful gift to our family, as is all of his siblings. Uh, I would also say something like what I said just a moment ago. David, and that is, Jeff, you are, you are a child of God, and his grace for you doesn't change based on your vocation. Uh, that grace gives you the freedom to be who you are and to, to love people and to love God and to serve without fear. Uh, and, and I would say to him that I'm really proud of him, but I'm not proud of him because he's a pastor. I'm proud of him because of the man that he is. 
and that's the other thing that I remember, even when I decided at the end of undergrad that I didn't want to go to seminary, I wanted to work for a while. There was never a pressure by him to be a pastor. He said, I, I don't need you to be a pastor. You know, I think you have many gifts. Like if, if you want to be a pastor, follow through with that, but don't think you should do it because it's something that I want. So I think him giving me that freedom was, was really empowering and knowing that, uh, kind of like what he said, there wasn't a box around me that there were a million different things I could do with my life. And if pastoral ministry is what I felt called to and, and found joy in, then that was something I should pursue. Technology has changed things dramatically over the past year. Um, we know things today that we didn't know uh, 12 months ago. And I'm sure with technology uh, on the advance it will be different five years from now or five months from now than it is today. Um, when we look at ministry in that sense, what can you say, Pastor Bill, that um, is an encouragement to especially uh, young men who might be thinking in terms of, this is a difficult job, I don't know if I want to continue, um, with technology, uh, that word gets every place in the world. What encouraging words could you use to them? Well, I would just, uh, I think what you're saying is, what would I say as it relates to technology? Yes. Uh, use, use the opportunities available to you. And if you don't have gifts or interest in technology, then find people who will help you with that. That's right. Is the, the the chance to share the gospel around the world has never been as open or uh, possible as it is now. It, just an example, you know, there are there are people who are a part of our congregation who are literally around the world, and they they will never, many of them, never set foot on our campus or in our sanctuary, and yet they worship with us, they engage with Bible study, they connect in small groups, and so. The possibilities are endless, and that's where I would also say to people who maybe don't feel called to be in pastoral ministry, your church needs you if you have gifts in technology. We need, whether you do it professionally or whether you volunteer those gifts, the church needs you to, to help us leverage the, the ability we have to share the hope of Jesus with the world. We've just got two minutes left, and Jeff, I want to ask you a question. We can't see around the corner. But what do you see as you look around the corner? What is the hopeful thinking that you have about tomorrow? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of answers to really anything. I'm, I'm new to all of this, and uh, there are a lot of men that are uh, better equipped with better gifts. I think I find comfort in knowing that Jesus really just, ask me to continually ask the question, who is my neighbor and how can I serve them? How can I love them? That's the easiest way to kind of introduce the hope of the gospel in a tangible way in our world, apart from, you know, proclaiming the gospel in its fullness. So I think for anyone listening, ask yourself, who's my neighbor? And uh, you can find a lot of hope and joy in serving them. We have just a little over a minute left in this particular 24 minute time. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being with us and thank you for being willing to hear and say what is on your heart. Pastor Bill, would you close it with a prayer, please? Sure will. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity and for this uh, technological blessing to be able to share uh, the hope of the gospel. I thank you for my beloved son, Jeff, and uh, for his gifts and talents that you will use in powerful ways. Bless us and bless all who serve. Bless your people. And Lord, allow the message of the gospel to spread around the world in extraordinary ways by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you for coming to us this evening on Engaging Truth. Come back again next Sunday night. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.